Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna LaFleur. This is season eight, episode nine. Today on the podcast, we have Anne Miranda, who's the National Ministries Director at CCLN. That's the Canadian Church Leaders Network. And we can't wait to dive into the conversation with her. I want to introduce her to you if you don't know her yet. And I want to introduce you to CCLN and what they're doing for Christian leaders across the country of Canada. I think it will inspire whether you live in Canada or beyond. You got to check out what they're doing. But thank you so much to the sponsors of this podcast, to Compassion Canada. They're back and they're amazing people that we're partnering with right now to raise $4,000 to build a sports and learning center in Northern Thailand for this amazing community. More on that later. And also thanks so much to the Canadian Center for Christian Charities or Four C's as you might know them. We're going to talk more about the sponsors later, but we couldn't do this podcast without them. We're really grateful for their partnership and the way that they serve ministries themselves. All right. As always, you can find this and all the other podcasts on our YouTube channel. You can check out there too, not just for the archive on the podcast, but tutorials and content. We want to equip you with free stuff. And that's on our YouTube channel as well. We're having a conversation day to day, week to week in the digital church Facebook group. So just last night, uh, there was a bunch of us who jumped on and someone was looking for hiring a consultant in a particular area of expertise and a bunch of people jumped on and they were able to get equipped with exactly what they needed. That's the kind of stuff that's happening in the digital church Facebook group. We'd love you to join us there. You can find the link to that in the show notes or just go to Facebook and go type digital church and find the group that's called that and you can join us. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Anne Miranda. Her greatest passion is really sharing about what we say is not just the good news of Jesus, but the best news in the world. And until recently, she was the pastor of women's ministries at Village Church in Canada. And and that's a very large multi-site church in the Canadian context. And she loves to develop leaders. And that so eventually found her taking on more of a role as the National Ministries Director at the Canadian Christian Leaders Network, CCLN. And so she's now connecting with pastors across the country and doing ministry in a new context. She's born and raised in a Lebanese heritage and Anne understands the challenges and beauty of being a first-generation Canadian. She says her personal background is rooted in social justice and she did a lot of work in other areas of both politics and then education before she really had a turn into doing ministry. She's married to Carlos and they are parents to Nathaniel and Hannah. So I can't wait for you to lean into the conversation with Anne Miranda today. Enjoy. Welcome to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Anne Miranda, welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm really glad to have you on the podcast. I'm super glad we can have coffee together this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely what it feels like. Uh, We're on different time zones. So one of us is maybe on their first coffee and one of us is on our second or third. (laughs) Um, Can you please, you know, introduce yourself, um, just give some context to who you are. And then, you know, I'd love to hear uh, you share more about your story. Yeah. Um, so my name is Anne, and I'm, uh, I live out here in Surrey, British Columbia with my husband, Carlos, 
like romantic Latino. And my two <laughs> kids, I'm, I'm in the preteen teenager zone, um, Nathaniel and Hannah. And my beautiful golden doodle, Lucy, it's hilarious that we did succumb to getting a puppy in, in these this COVID season. I have uh, been in uh, this Christian walk. It, I really started my young adult uh, days. And, and so my trajectory, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, uh, hasn't been necessarily all like ministry-based, but currently I'm the National Ministries Director of Canadian Church Leaders Network, which is based out here in Vancouver. And I just get the privilege to walk alongside leaders uh, in this awesome nation of Canada. Um, well, and one thing you didn't mention in your intro, which I think is a good means of introduction to you for people who are getting to know you for the first time, you do this series on social media with your mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think some great, you know, in all of the grumpy content on the internet and all the trolls, <laughs> there's this little bit of light that is you doing impressions of your mother on the internet or even filming your mother, you know, in, in real time. Uh, tell us a little bit about what this is. <laughs> it's so endearing because I'm, now that I'm in this stage of parenting, my kids are making fun of me and poking fun at some of the things that I do and some of the things that I say. I think it's super common with first generation. Um, so I'm first generation Canadian. My family is from Lebanon and, and there is, there is a tension, you know, and a beauty about growing up as a first generation Canadian. Um, and part of the beauty is you get to pick on your parents a little bit, little poke fun, uh, in a tender <laughs> way because they do things that are hilarious. And, it, you wouldn't normally, it's not the norm, but it's part of how they say certain words and how she uh, describes situations. And it's just hilarious. So I will literally walk into a situation and like drive into my home and see something that is happening. Like she took the dog out one day and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just grabbed my, my camera. I'm like, I know this is going to be funny. <laughs> like she's taking and the I dog. Share my funny. It's my it's my personal comedy that God has given me. I wish I could have like a camera going twenty four seven because there's so many moments I, I mess out on, but I try to capture them and then share them with my Insta family because they're so funny uh, to me. So hopefully you have obviously had some enjoyment yeah. out of this, yeah. and so I'm I'm so glad to share my comedy. It's well, always real, I real life. I mean, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's sort of a, a you know, I'm, I'm, I'm forcing you to introduce yourself by telling a little bit of giving a picture of what this is, because I think, um, there's something about it that helps people like laugh, but just connect to you like human being to human being. Yeah. It's so relatable that it's not, um, you know, and I, this is yeah. the content I often do. Like it's, it's not this sort of teaching content, training content, you know, which you're very skilled and capable to do. It's just light, fun. And there's something like everyone, not everyone, a lot of people have, uh, I have a parent who's got the accent and, you know, a lot of people have like someone close to them in their life who's trying to translate in their head and then say the idiom yeah. and it comes out funny or, you know, and, and, you know, we're not trying to, um, 
poke fun at them in, in the wrong way. You know, we're trying to just like laugh with them. And, you know, your mom's got a great sense of humor about it all. Oh, and- totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, she knows. She knows. She's like, okay, this is funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everything from cooking together to actually poking fun at some of these cultural pieces. It's, it's, it is a good way to just have some lightness in our life and enjoy yeah. it. And well, I'm enjoying just- her in this stage. You know, and certainly in the Canadian context, if not, uh, if not the global context, these global citizens, like we, we, um, are a people who lives often where we didn't grow up. You know, that's a common thing, whether we've moved a few, you know, hundred miles, kilometers away, or, uh, we've moved countries into an entirely new culture. And so I'm thinking about that in the context of your work with CCLN, the Canadian, you know, like church leaders network. We're dealing with like a very diverse group of people across the country. How do you create a network out of this huge diversity across the country? I, can you share a little bit about what the work and the vision is of CCLN? Um, yeah, let, maybe let's, let's start there. We yeah. can go a little further from there. Yeah, I'd say... The short version is building relationships and connections through relationships. A long version, which we can do right now, is yeah. um, creating. You know, I, I didn't grow up in, in, in a Christian faith. And so that's a lot of my driving force comes from there. It's going, well, what's the future of the church in this country for other people who don't know him? What's the future of the church for the, the my kids and the next generations? And so we have an, a, a crisis in our country right now, a multiple uh, we can explain in multiple ways, but one big one is the leadership pipeline where we're seeing many vacancies across this country of just church leaders, churches that don't have church leaders going into vocational ministry. So job openings and the people are not there to fill it. Doesn't matter how many people are graduating from university. Doesn't matter how many people are coming up from wherever they're coming from. There isn't a leadership pipeline. Well, that, that issue was really poor planning 20, 30 years ago. Someone didn't think about this leadership pipeline. And so here we are today. And so this issue is something that we need to lean into with a 20, 30 year plan for the future. And so how, what are we doing? How are we trying to make a dent, a little, a little dent in this really with collaborating um, with other incredible people across this country? One big way is creating digital resources because this is the, this is our current moment. We got to enter into our current moment. I use this a, a lot um, when I was doing women's ministries. And now again, in this context, people in the, in the New and Old Testament would go to the well to get their news. They all gather around the well and they have, you know, they get their updates. And, and that was the form of communication and, and connection with people. Well, now our well is social media. It's this digital resource. So we have a podcast. It's the CCLM podcast. And that seems to provide resources for church leaders that's really wide. We get some great, you know, uh, pastors on there or speakers on there that would minister to the heart. They're, they're like the digital mentors. You know, you know, we all have that. There's somebody that we kind of look up to yeah, in, this, in yeah. this world, but our access to them is the digital space. And so we provide that and, and then it kind of na- starts to narrow down. There's it, there's learning communities and cohorts uh, specific to a person's need and leadership. And then there's like even more specific, narrow, unique, um, kind of bespoke experiences where we have spiritual formation, like gatherings. So whether that's a retreat or a conference or a 
preaching seminar or something along those lines, uh, it becomes just a little bit more specific and more relational. So our hope is that we can connect with pastors across, you know, this nation. And if we have healthy pastors, we're going to have, they're going to have healthy families. Then the, it's, the church will be impacted and become healthy. And then it can go out and impact the city. Like I, I love the Jeremiah like 29, like read through that, that chapter. It's like the people of God are meant to impact the city. And so one leader, that's really my focus, like one at a time, one leader at a time, one leader at a time, let's get ourselves healthy because then the cities can be impacted. Like it's got a ripple effect. So I'm super excited to be in this space. And it's, yeah, it's really great to see what, you know, just to be able to dream of the potential of what, what could happen. the conversation with Anne Miranda because I want to remind you about the fundraiser we're doing with Compassion right now. We're partnered, Word Made Digital, X Compassion. We're partnered together to build a sports and learning center for vulnerable youth living in poverty in Northern Thailand. Get this, this is a church of just 40 people, a small but mighty church because they have a huge vision. They're serving about 400 children, youth, and their families. Not just to help needs today, but a long-term impact. And that's why they want to build the Sports and Learning Center. But the, the families here, a lot of them are living in extreme poverty. They have a ton of challenges, both educationally, socially, and just to have a future because of it. And so our goal is to raise $4,000. If you go to Compassion.ca slash WMD, as in Word Made Digital, Compassion.ca slash WMD would mean so much if you would partner with us and give to this cause, whether we're saying you can give 40 bucks because we're trying to raise 4,000, but you know, really whatever. If you want to give a thousand bucks, you want to give 20 bucks, whatever you can give would mean so much. It's going to go a long way to encourage this local church doing such wonderful things in Northern Thailand. Please give today. Yeah, well, and and it sounds like you're also talking, of course, cross-denominationally, cross-culturally, like you're not just going for, I don't know, this isn't a Pentecostal movement or a Baptist movement or whatever. And so what are you seeing when when these men and women connect with each other? Um, you know, are, are you seeing some aha moments for them of like, you know, are they in the room with people they've never really talked to before? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. A few weeks ago, we had a, an event uh, where the, it was teaching how to preach type of event. And so we have a few hundred pastors that are there and the combination of in-person and online. And who are the people involved? It's very ecumenical. There is like a Presbyterian pastor, an Orthodox priest comes in his gear, um, my, like myself. And we're just, it's just very uh, un- unifying would be the word. And so, yes, they're finding themselves in these spaces where they're looking and going, hey, the main thing is the main thing right now. You love Jesus, and so do I. So let's have a conversation about that. And so we're bridging these conversations that maybe wouldn't happen naturally, and and then friendships are coming out of that. And I think that's the echo that I'm hearing right now in this season is that uh, church leaders are, are, are just so desperate to find their people, find their tribe. And as they're finding their people, it, there's such a relief to find a, someone else that's like-minded, that loves Jesus. It's kind of there for you. It's you, you got a friend, you know? It seems yeah. so basic, but it's a need. It's a human need. And perhaps the leaders that have gone before us haven't 
um, demonstrated those that example of friendship. It was very like solo and so much was on the past. So much was on that person to do, whether it was the admin and the preaching and then the build team and like all these different things. But I'm seeing that this, this lack or need really for friendship is um, something that's, that's drawing like, like a magnet drawing pastors to CCLN uh, so they can learn from this resource and meet perhaps their people like us. We're on different sides of the country. But we met our yeah. people. We have our people. Yeah. You know, it's very refreshing to know that you can just call someone and say, hey, you know, or send them a text that can you pray for me? Like it's just, there's a vulnerability that is beautiful that we're, we're, we're seeing more and more. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about this in the context of the opposite. What happens? Um, you know, we've got lots of stories. Every generation has these stories of the, public failure of the big leaders, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. We've seen this. This isn't new. It feels new because it's maybe the ones who are most impactful to our, uh, you know, people who we were impacted by and taught by. So, but it's happened in, in every generation. But but it's this idea that, like, if the pastor has to be perfect or perceived as perfect, then well, nobody is then there's two options. Either you need a place to deal with that or you're going to have a secret life. Because if the expectation is, you know, some sort of like you just, you know, moral perfection of some kind, like, or, you know, leadership perfection, moral perfection, whatever, obviously no one's going to hit that. And so the, the one way is to like deal with it <laughs> and confess it and work it out in a community context. And the other is you have a secret life that gets worse and worse. Um, you know, it doesn't just happen over a day. These choices happen over a long period of time. And so I'm excited about the idea that if men and women who are leading church can know each other, they have somewhere to talk about the stuff before it gets so out of control. Um, you know, let's do preventative medicine, I guess, instead of like a trip to the ER. <laughs> Yeah, and really what I'm seeing right now with this next generation of, of leaders that are coming coming up and coming is this, uh, I, I said vulnerability, there is a, there's this beautiful honesty saying, not me, I don't want this, I want my story to be one of integrity, I want my story to be one of accountability, I want my story to be one of friendship. So they're inviting people to their pulpits, they're inviting people into their space to talk about family, to talk about marriage, to talk about, um, you know, how do you build team? It, it's not all, it's not all focused on like the like sexual immorality. It's, it is about oh my gosh, I just want to be a person of character, a person of integrity. Yes, I've gone through, it's like the Romans, like I've got through suffering. And, and this is like pretty, it's like in, endurance and suffering and character. And that is what's going to produce hope. And I want to be a hope carrier for this nation, for the people God's positioned me around. And that is a beautiful thing. And so we pray that that is, is preserved for the longevity of the, the call that God's had on their life and their ministry. So whatever the journey is, wherever they are on this like journey of ministry, we want to come alongside. Yeah. And, and are you seeing anything, uh, you know, each generation we have our themes. Um, what are, when I'm thinking of the, you know, probably they're millennials 
um, sort of the this generation of upcoming leaders. Uh, what are you seeing? Is like, is it is it around discipleship stuff? Is it like a heart for the law? I mean, it's probably many things, but what are you noticing as some themes around leaders of what they're what what are they passionate about? I don't mean on the negative side, on the positive side. Like, yeah, what, yeah. what is the stuff that they're emphasizing? Yeah, I think there is. Um, so the age range, I would say, is, is probably you can you can help me with the generational wording. Definitely, there's going to be millennials. So I'd say like thirty twenty five to forty five. That that age range definitely, and then the older would mentor. That we try to like right. pair up with mentors and things like that in some of our programs. Um, what I'm finding is that there is a so the the generation before them they've noticed a biblical illiteracy in their people. And so here they're bringing in their people and they're like, okay, how do we make this word accessible to our people? So there is discipleship, but it's more like spiritual practice. How do we actually bring in these spiritual practices and revitalize that within the church? Almost a return to a healthy orthodoxy. That would be what I would say. Right. It's yeah. like a longing, like, let's know our Bible. Let's have a practice of prayer. Let's have a practice of like solitude and Sabbath, like the different things like that where I can see it. They're trying to practice it in their own life and then pass it away to someone. Yeah, I love that. Well, and and in the chaos of, uh, you know, the the digital age that has democratized everything made every piece of information to be able to ever, everyone can have an opinion and everyone can find out every piece of information they want and it's this it is the web um, something linear like a practice something that is so grounding of like I do this then I do this then I do this this is my daily or my weekly my monthly my annual rhythms there's something very grounding about that in the chaos and the noise isn't there yeah yeah. It keeps the main thing the main thing. Yeah, it definitely is grounding. And, um, you know, before we move on, I guess the other side of this coin I'm curious about is particularly around Daryl Johnson. Daryl Johnson is, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. an, a senior, almost you could say retired uh, pastoral leader who's gained like um, a lot of prominence and almost like some mega fans. It sounds sort of funny to say, cause he doesn't seem you know, to, to be the type, but he's, he's a Bible teacher who has really um, gotten captured the hearts and minds of the next generation of leaders um, through how he teaches. And so then on that side, if we have the young, younger generation, and this is some things with them, what do you think it is about the older generation, people like Daryl that like, they're just so hungry for? Yeah, I definitely, there has been a lack of, um, I'm going to say spiritual parenting. And so these, these younger leaders or in that, this next gen, or they're flocking to someone like a Daryl who is so humble and knows and understands that they're really seeking the heart of the father. And in that he's able to instill just values that you can be faithful in ministry. You can have, I mean, I'm talking about 50 years in, in ministry. Like that's incredible. You can be faithful with your family. You can be faithful with the people that are around you. You can be on the, like the strata of your apartment building and shine for Jesus there. It's like this, they're drawn to the constant steady and 
out of that, his passion for the word and people like that in that, that generation, they have had the long walk, the, the steady walk, the faithful walk, the, the walk when like no one's looking, you're still walking with Jesus. That is so attractive and magnetic for people to then turn their hearts to Jesus even harder and like more passionate. Right. And so I, I believe that that is what is the, the other coming to see is such a humble man in, in his, in, and gain that wisdom. That's it. They just want to like, give me that wisdom. Let me just transfer that wisdom. It's like, they don't want one word to drop from what he, how he's teaching them. And I, I see that along, along the line. They're trying to find the mentors, whether they, whether they're in the room or online, again, this is one of those digital mentors. Um, they're just learning from those experiences and the wisdom and the depth of knowledge of the word that, that he has. I may not know how to you know, necessarily pastor in this generation. It's very different to pastor a church in this generation, Yeah, yeah. but they're looking for the, the, what's on the inside that nobody can see they're looking for that piece that that faithful i keep going back to that word of faithfulness because definitely is a fruit of, of of the spirit that that goodness that kindness that patient walk wow. that part that nobody can transfer you can model it and then people catch it you know because of because it's being modeled well, as we're talking about what it takes to lead in Canada and what it means really to do ministry in this context, a sponsor of this podcast is a Canadian organization who's been serving churches and charities for nearly 50 years, the Canadian Center for Christian Charities, or commonly referred to, you may know them as the four C's. They support charities with their operational questions in areas like receiving donations or CRA guidance and board leadership and training. Joining their membership is really simple and affordable and provides churches and charities with a vast knowledge base and team of professionals willing to help you whenever you need them. You don't need to be an expert at everything, but with them at an arm's length away, they can help you with all the things that you have questions in. So if you're a board member, an elder, Four C's membership is a great affordable investment into your ministry staff team and volunteers. You can visit cccc.org to learn more about them and join. The link is down in the show notes, but it's cccc.org. Well, and, and, and as you say, it's this internal thing in the age of so like hyper visualized personal brands, graphic, you know, this is my world. I live in the world of design and brand and video content and all this stuff. So it's not all bad, but it's like, then you need the, you need the opposite. We need a balanced diet. And so I do, I, I resonate actually with what you said when you, when you said the word spiritual parents, I do see resonating a lot where there are many who feel like spiritual orphans, like who are the people who are caring for me, raising me up and certainly in leadership, who are the people caring for the leaders? Um, Let's turn and talk a little bit about your own story. You've just done a switch of your jobs um, from, from serving in one big local church uh, as a pastor to what you're doing now with CCLN. Um, for whatever you're able to share, how, how, 
that would be helpful to others who are listening. This is that great resignation time. Did you just yeah. quit because you were sick of it all and you lit it on fire as you left? No, I, I, that's not your story. So, so how do you make a decision like that? Or, you know, where would be some, some markers on your road that of your journey to make that decision of a major change um, that might help others listening? Yeah, I think um, it's so interesting because I can. I never saw myself ever in this ministry journey. Um, so my my personal background is, uh, I guess, in the marketplace or in the, in the the government was where I first started with social justice um, programs with the Attorney General's office here provincially in British Columbia, and then ended up um, having such a passion for youth and knowing that youth is the future generations and just wanting to have closer proximity to impacting young people's lives. And so I ended up getting into education and being a high school teacher for many years or secondary school teacher. And it was there that I learned what the process of decision-making kind of felt like, because I had, I, I didn't really, you know, ask the Lord's opinion when I was going into those careers. I liked it. So I went into that road, you know, but then I came to know Jesus and then uh, I was like, okay, well, perhaps I need to ask these questions. And he was just like, there's a piece of us where, you know, like the calling these, all these like Christian words that we use. Well, this was actually like, I get it. I get the calling. Uh, and that, in that moment of my life, I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, Lord, you're, you want my attention and you want me to now invest my life into vocational ministry. So that was the first switch, John. And I go back there because that was the hardest switch for me to make. I was building a career. I was building a path where I like knew where I was guys teaching teachers how to, you know, do their job and that kind of thing. And, and, and I loved it. I loved it so much. And the Lord interrupted that path. And then, yeah. And that interruption was like hard stop. Like (laughs) I got your attention. This is what I want you to do. This is like, you're moving, you're you're switching kind of gears here. you got to surrender a career surrender. I got I had to think of like, well, no, I'm building, you know, there's, I'm totally honest here. We're on word made digital. There's pride, there's prestige, there's finances, there's all these things that come, that that was just like a whirlwind of, okay, you want me to surrender all of this stuff, this career that I thought I was building. So I found myself then going, okay, that was the hardest piece to surrender to him and go, now what? Now what do you want me to do? And I was led to... Um, to then be a pastor at uh, uh, a local church here. And then uh, in recent times, for the last year, I would, I would like wake up at night thinking about this nation. I would like cry in my loneliness, just like, Lord, what is happening in Canada? I'm a pastor in a local church. I can see what's going on. What's happening with the leaders in this country? Like, something's off obviously i'm i'm feeling the stress because we're going through the same thing at the same time as everybody else in our congregations and we're supposed to have it all together we're supposed to know the answers as if we're god like no (laughs) that wasn't the case and so we i had lots of conversations with our team and just sensing the wrestle in my role like the role that i was in and so most people get dissatisfied i think with their 
their role and what they're doing and their jobs. And they're like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And then it would leave or quit. And I know this is part of the great resignation, the process of thinking, what's my purpose on this planet? What else can I, how else can I contribute? You know, am I doing what I'm really supposed to be doing? Yeah, do, ask I, am I having any, like, do I like this? <laughs> like you get a chance to pause after, you know, in this two year period, certainly in that first year of 2020 and people are like, wait a second, I actually hated that. I like this, this thing, I've stopped it now. And I realize my life is better without that thing. I don't mean like a pastoral job. I mean, any job that's where we're any, seeing yeah, that. Trend. You're yeah. right. You're right. I thankfully I could answer those questions honestly and go, I loved every part of what I did. I love being in the local church context and serving the the church and, and being able to create in that space. And I had such a great opportunity um, in, in the space that I was in. And really as I welcomed my team into my uh, wrestle and my prayers and just so it's like an open book, look, this is what I'm wrestling with. This is what I'm asking God about. I'm sensing a call to the nation. I don't understand what this is. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm seeing these things with the health of leaders. Um, I don't know what that could even look like. And I get, and then doors began to open. Opportunities began to open where it was like, okay, there was one point where there's like four different opportunities in front of me and I had to go like, what? What now? What, Lord? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that decision Frozen process, by, like we, too much choice. <laughs> totally. I think. I think part. What I would encourage folks, if you're like in that that same stage that I was in, was like, and this sounds so cliche, but actually, like yourself, pray. The people that are close to you, pray. Get some like real like people around you that you can say, join me in this um, in this journey. And the best would be the people that are on your current team. If there's enough trust to do that, I know that's a hard ask. But I had enough trust with my team to say, come join me with this journey so that I would end well and be also, we could celebrate that, that whole right. process together, which was about six, like an eight month process. Uh, by the time I, we came to the decision where I was like, yeah, I, I'm sensing God telling me this and then launched into this new role. Yeah. And, and I remember talking to you a little bit around the journey and my sense back to you was, you know, whether I knew all the details or not, it was my feedback to you was like, I think you know what you want to do or what you need to do, but it's the actual doing of it. It's the jump, you know, you want to jump off the dock, uh, but it's the actual off the diving board, but it's the actual doing of it that feels uh, really scary into the big unknown of a new thing. Yeah, Totally. It is like the dock. I like the dock because we're like here on the ocean and there is an actual pier where kids like go and they jump off and everything. And the part that I've noticed is when everybody's around the dock, they cheer the other person on who's going to jump. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the person goes and launches and they're like, yeah. And that's how I felt. <laughs> that's what I felt. <laughs> every, every person that I'm like, I value your voice. And I just, I want that but whoever it is that I'm asking to enter into that space with me and I have to be wise about that part, you know, like let's just actually enter in and, and I'm not unhappy about anything. I just want to be obedient to God. So where is it that he's leading me? Cause everything is good. Everything is good. And yeah. so uh, I believe that that, that part of the decision-making was really healthy, very healthy and maintains relationships and honors God along the, along the way. Um. You before we hit record, you had a verse that you wanted to pull up as we were kind of prepping for the conversation. You said, "Right, 
Um, so I don't know if you've had a chance to allude to that yet or not, because you didn't tell me what it was. So um, before we, we always end the conversation with a few fun questions, we ask everyone the same ones. Uh, but uh, could you give us, if that's a word of encouragement or exhortation, can uh, share with us about that? Yeah, I, I was just thinking um, before we, before we logged on and now it's like it, you know how your phone just like disappears the verse. Um, it, that's what it did. So I'm not going to bother with that, but <laughs> you don't the, know it. Uh, like, the concept I that I, you know. yeah, I haven't memorized the whole Bible yet. No, thanks. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. So it's on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> no. But the, the, so I can give it to you in a paraphrase. Um, it's like in this time where there's like so much noise, both on the digital world and, you know, just in our real day-to-day life, I just want to encourage us to remind ourselves that we are carriers of peace, that the Lord tells us that where you go, where we step our foot in, like we carry shalom and shalom is not just this like, oh, it's not, it's not only peace. It's like a deep, rest there's layers to that word shalom we could do a word study another day but it is like there's layers to it and when he says you go in and you say peace be with you and also with you it's like this response i could say joanna peace be with you and you can respond back well peace be with you to shalom let's exchange shalom let's exchange that peace that we have in god because it feels like that's the one that's a big thing that the enemy is after is to steal the peace of god that is that we're supposed to carry and we're supposed to enter into these places of chaos and share with people. And so that's the funny stories on my Instagram about um, that is, you know, the, the hopeful message that we carry, whether we're speaking to leaders or we're passing by somebody in the, the checkout in the, in the grocery store, it's a, uh, it's a conviction of mine. And so I wanted to share that with you this morning. I love that. Thank you. Um, and if there is a place in the world that you think is one of the best unknown spots to travel, this might be a place somewhere far away or like right in your own hometown. Where do you want to send people if they could travel somewhere today? Okay. This is a, a little discovery we had. Oh, there's two. Okay. Osoyos in British Columbia. I'm going to give you BC because I'm going to... Uh, you know, shout out to British Columbia today. Asoyas in British Columbia in the summertime, it's like a desert and there's like fruit markets and it's just, it's stunning. You're going to feel like you're somewhere else. And I would say Tofino. Tofino is like a gem in Canada that is uh, nobody would. I've never I think been if you're to outdoors, Tofino. You have to come. <laughs> you have to come. It's like, I remember just waking up in this space and going, am I in Hawaii or where is this? Like, <laughs> what is this place? This is, it's spectacular. Obviously we live in the most beautiful country ever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Tofino and Asoyas, British Columbia. Okay. And what is a book that you've read that changed how you think about something? Leadership um, and self-deception. That's like, oh. a, that's like right off my, it is, I don't want to give it away. It's so <laughs> good. Whether you have it in audio or you're reading it, it's told, it's a leadership book that is in a narrative form. It's easy to read and, and it makes you look inside of you and not outside. Oh, wow. Yeah. Love that. Oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What's a movie that's made you cry? Schindler's List. My daughter asked me this question the other day and I, and she's like, mom, it's, that's like heavy. I'm like, 
That's what made me cry. That was a that that was a sad one. I mean, we also would have set, accepted like the Lion King or something. <laughs> uh, okay, I have another one that's lighter. It's Yes Day. Yes Day. Oh. If you haven't seen that one, it is amazing. Ah, so good. Okay, my last one for you is uh, you're in an ice cream shop. There's a jillion and one flavors. What's your go-to? Something that's like coffee espresso. Oh yeah. Okay. Good one. The, the last person we talked to, they just said coffee and I didn't know that was a flavor of ice cream. So I've got to try it. There's even one that has espresso flakes in it. Okay. That sounds really good. (laughs) Yes. Um, And where do you want to send people to find you on the internet today? Uh, You know, social media or website, or where do you want to send people? CCLN um, dot CA will be the resource for pastors. Um, and I'm on Instagram, just Anne Miranda, anything that is, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media handles I am. Um, that's, that's where I am. Awesome. And it's, uh, it's fun to know you, uh, and to watch this like journey of your leadership. You're doing something so unique in our country. You personally, I mean, CCLN is doing something, but you like, no wonder they, you know, (laughs) they had you in mind for this role because, um, I just, I, I think you have a unique perspective, passion, heart for the church in Canada. And I, as you were speaking about it, it was that idea of like, may we be broken by what breaks the heart of God. Like, like this thing that like has you up at night weeping, like has God is transforming you, that inner self. Um, that's also now such a gift to everyone who comes in connection with you, including me. So, um, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And Miranda, a delight as always, whenever we get to chat, uh, it was just a short time together, but I hope it gives you an insight into her heart, the way that she's thinking and the way that they're trying to equip and mobilize the next generation of leaders in Canada. And whether you're listening in Canada or from somewhere else, uh, you should be part of something like this. So if you're Canadian, check out CCLN. And you know, if you're somewhere else, of course, um, go find a network of people who can support you, who can cheer you on, who can be beside you in this journey. All right, next week on the podcast, speaking of next generation of leaders, we have Aaron and Hannah Barnett. They're friends of mine from Chicago who are Gen Z leaders lighting up, particularly in the US space. So we're gonna get some great insight next week on all things Gen Z. Thanks, of course, to our sponsors. Compassion Canada is back. Amazing people. We're trying to raise $4,000 to support this church as they are trying to build a sports and learning center. Would you give at compassion.ca slash WMD? And also, of course, thank you to the Four Cs, the Canadian Center for Christian Charities, doing amazing work as they help their members do the work of Christian charity in Canada. Always, you can find us on our YouTube channel. You can find tutorials, back catalog of podcasts, all kinds of resources. And we'll see you day to day in our Digital Church Facebook group. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world.